0: what is going on everybody welcome back to the pistons territory podcast on the motor city metrics youtube channel it is john finally back at it uh had a little bit of a getaway weekend went to a country festival it was pretty fun but uh, i'm back into the swing of things now um not too much going on with the pistons but there is some stuff to talk about we're gonna get creative and uh you know Got some trade ideas, got some topics to go over, but um obviously Parker who's been on the channel before, but on the podcast. Parker, what's new with you? And um yeah, just say what's up to everybody.
1: Uh not much. Um been working on our well, I'd say our baseball podcast, Beer Bat Podcast, um starting another podcast. So that'll Wait, be fun. You're starting another yeah.
0: podcast? Yeah, not
1: sports though. It's completely what? just it's like a comedy variety show. Announcement's coming soon. Um, and i have my handful with that. Um, going to Lions training camp uh, on the 31st. So that'll be fun. Got some wow. tickets today. Uh, I'll be bringing uh, Maz. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I got four, so I got two more left. It's at 830, so let me wow. know. Um, yeah, nothing really else going on. I had jury duty yesterday. Missed a whole day of work. I uh, wow. sat there for five hours and didn't have a case to go over, but got paid. I got paid, so we're chilling. Um, yeah, just just the usual week jury duty is always a fun thing, but
0: yeah. Wow, I did not know you're having a new podcast. You're gonna have to. Fill yeah, I've been me keeping it, it
1: hush hush. This has kind of been the biggest sneak peek of it. Oh. I'm excited to see it.
0: But, um, yeah, just a couple topics to go over. There was a video of Cade Cunningham on the internet today. Now, listen, I'm not going to get excited about this. It's just him playing pickup basketball. But that kind of got me thinking about just Cade Cunningham in general and what he means to the Detroit Pistons, what he means to this franchise. If you just kind of want to talk about the importance of Cade Cunningham to the Detroit Pistons, like how much of – Uh, of the Pistons future is in the hands of Cade Cunningham and just the pressure on him being that he was the number one overall pick. He had comparisons to guys like Luca Dantage, you know, just could be a superstar player, the best player on a championship team. Talk about the importance of him to this Detroit Pistons team and where, you know, how he could lead this team going
1: into the future. I mean, He's I mean when he was getting drafted, he was toted as the guy of his draft. So I mean I think there's a lot to say about that. Um I also think that last year said a lot without Cade Cunningham. I think the team was a lot worse without him. Um Cade is a Cade isn't Cade isn't all around. Uh, if you think if we're going to talk like uh, an analogy, you know, when you played like Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, you know, you got your all around characters. He's one of those. He's like your Mario on the team. Um, So Cade's extremely important to that franchise. I mean, he's he's the captain. I mean, if we're going to name a guy a captain, it's going to be Cade. And when he went out, team only won 17 games and uh Got the fifth pick, picked up nice guy named Oscar Thompson. We'll talk about him later in the show. But uh, the importance of Cade Cunningham is, I think, he, he is up there on the list of, like, if, like, let's say there's a top 10 list of most important players on a team ranked. So, like, obviously, we would say, like, LeBron, number one. Like, LeBron's the most important player on any team that he's on. Uh, you can put Luka Doncic on there. You can put, uh, I'm trying to think,
0: Kevin Kawhi Durant. Leonard. Yeah, Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, Kevin Durant. Um, I think uh, Cade is going to prove that when he is healthy, he is the most important player on that team. And then when you got guys that we are now developing in Oscar Thompson, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, the, he's going to be a really good person to build this, not build this roster, but uh, assist in the development of the roster.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about when I saw those videos of K just thinking about how important he really is because this, the NBA is a star driven league. We've seen that yep. um, you have to have, I mean, other than the 04 Pistons, if you don't have a top 10 player in the NBA, you're not winning a championship. Um, you know, maybe the Pistons could be that exception again, but I wouldn't really count on that. But I just think for Cade Cunningham, like I look at Troy Weaver, I think his job is on the line. If Cade Cunningham doesn't pan out, then I think Troy Weaver is probably gonna see his way out. Like, I think Cade is the guy that's going to make this work. As good as Asar Thompson and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran can be, those guys aren't leading you to a championship. Cade Cunningham has to be a top 10 player in the NBA. He has to be the best player on a championship team in order for this team to get to where it wants to go. And um, yeah, just like he is so important to this team and I don't want people to get caught up in the smaller moves that the Pistons make. We've seen, they didn't go out and make big moves this off season because they know if they're going anywhere, it's going to be on the back of Cade Cunningham. And obviously those secondary guys like Ivy and Thompson and Jalen Duran. But just looking at Cade Cunningham's numbers, 76 games played through his first two years, uh, 41% from the field, 31% from three, 18 points a game, about six rebounds and six assists. So I'm not going to say he's been a disappointment so far, but transitioning into my next topic, and I think we're we're going to try, or at least I am going to leave Cade Cunningham out of this discussion. It's the Detroit Pistons play with the most pressure heading into next season. Um, obviously, there's you know, there's veterans on this team that are probably going to get traded. I don't think there's a lot of pressure on them, but there's also some young players that are really going to try to establish themselves as long-term pieces to this team. So if we're going to leave Cade Cunningham out of this discussion because we know the pressure that comes with being the number one overall pick and the hype that was built and the number
1: one him. guy in your team, yeah,
0: and the number. So is there anybody else you think that has a lot of pressure on them for the Detroit Pistons heading into next
1: season? Killian Hayes. I think that's always a name you gotta bring up when it comes to pressure. Um he potentially lost his job uh with the signing of Marcus Sasser. Uh Marcus Sasser dropped 40 points in the freaking summer league. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. This guy is great. Like I said, I think he's a Marcus Sasser is a potential sixth man of the year. I think that's a ceiling. Um I think Killian Hayes, Marvin, hey, Marvin Bagley is probably going to get traded regardless. Um, there's just not enough space for him, but I'd say maybe on the starting lineup or one of one of the more higher up on the, the lineup list, uh, Isaiah Stewart just got a payday. I think he has a little bit of question marks around him relating to his game. Uh, I mean, he's I don't believe he's one of the better defenders on the team um he is developing a three-point shot but I mean we don't really have anything to uh base it off of um I think there's a lot of question marks around it's really the guys that you have a lot of question marks around um James Wiseman James Wiseman I think has a lot of pressure I mean you got a really young player in Jalen Dern who plays pretty similarly to James Wiseman I mean they're not they're uh Jalen Dern's more of a Get in the paint and bully them where James is starting to uh be- I think he's trying to develop into a three and D guy. Um, but who knows? I think I think those three names, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and James Wiseman are the three player. I'd say three young players, because we be like we said, veterans never really have the pressure on them. But yeah, those are definitely the guys I'd say that have the most pressure.
0: Yeah. So out of those three guys you named, you mentioned Jalen Duran. To me – James Wiseman. Yes, you did mention James Wiseman, but I'm looking at Jalen Duran as a guy who you essentially traded Jeremy Grant for. And Jeremy Grant, he wasn't an all-star f- for the Pistons, but he was the next best thing to it. He was playing yeah. at a very, very high level. So essentially you flipped Jeremy Grant and you got Jalen Duran out of that. And to me, when you look at the last Detroit Pistons championship team, you had a guy in Ben <laughs> Wallace who was so important to that team in the middle – I think Jalen Duran needs to be that for the Pistons. He has to be the Pistons' defensive anchor. And I was listening to the, the the heavyweights, and they were talking about this: the pressure on him to be that force in the middle, to be that rebounder, to be that rim defender, to be that lob threat. I think Jalen Duran has a tremendous amount of pressure on them because that right now it, James Wiseman could prove to be the center of the future, but to me, I think it's Jalen Duran right now, and I think he's gonna have to be that guy, that defensive anchor for them. Uh, defensive anchor for them. And I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Um, I know he's young. We've seen him trying to develop uh, a jump shot in the summer league. But I just think if this Pistons team, they have to get better defensively. They were atrocious defensively. And I think he's going to be at the forefront of that. And I think if this team is going to have a championship ceiling, Jalen Duren has to be a big part of that. And I'm not saying he has to be a guy who can consistently shoot a jump shot. Like, I look at a guy like Bam Adebayo. To me, he is the, the perfect center in today's NBA for what he can do. He can dribble the ball up the floor, can shoot the mid-range shot. If Jalen Duran can ever become that, that's great. But I'm not necess- I am not don't necessarily think he's going to be able to be that, a guy you could put the ball in his hands and he can create offense. But to me, he has to be this team's defensive anchor and, and kind of follow in the footsteps of guys like Bill Lambier, and Ben Wallace and even Bob Lanier. I don't think he's ever going to reach that level, but I think if he could ever reach maybe an all-star level, but I think he's going to be very, very important for the Pistons future.
1: Yeah, and uh I can definitely see pressure being on Jalen Dern, but you gotta remember he's one of the youngest guys in the league. Um, I think I definitely think there is somewhat pressure on him, but I think I actually think contrary to what you said, I think he can lead a team offensively. I do think, I mean, he, he's a really young untapped player. I think that's one of the benefits of being on the Pistons is that it's a, such a young team that you can go that players, we trade for young players like James Wisen and RJ Hampton to see if they can develop. And uh, I mean, some work out, some don't, but, I think Jalen Dern does definitely have the potential to uh, become an offensive powerhouse. I I mean he's he's good. I mean there's no there's no questioning that it's just his development and the way he develops through the process of well, especially being under Monty Williams. I think my, I think three players that are gonna boost in their uh, development are gonna be Jalen Dern, Killian Hayes. And uh Cade Cunningham. And I think they're all three are gonna have just such a stellar year.
0: Yeah, and I mean Jaden Ivey, I didn't really mention him. I think he's gonna be fine no matter, yeah. Whether he's, he's with the, the yeah, whether he's with the pistons long term or not, it, it as long as injuries don't really hurt him. I think he's going to be an elite player wherever he plays. And um, I mean, I've mentioned you know, potentially trading Jaden Ivey down the line and running with the backcourt of Caden Asar Thompson. I don't know how realistic that is, but, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys with a lot of pressure. I think the young guys especially, I I like James Wiseman. This is a guy who's going into his fourth season, um, hasn't really been able to carve out a substantial role on a team. He's going to get that opportunity this year. Marvin Bagley, I kind of agree with you on him. I think he's out the door. I don't necessarily see him having a big role with this team. And then Killian yeah. Hayes, who I'm still going to be a believer in. I don't think he's going to you know, be an impact player for the Pistons, but I still think one day he could be a contributor on an NBA team. But I just think overall for the, the long-term future of the Pistons in terms of a championship ceiling – I'm not so much worried about Jaden Ivey. I'm not so much worried about Cade Cunningham. I'm not even that worried about Asar Thompson. I think we'll get to him in a little bit. I think he looked really good in summer league. I think Jalen Duran, to me, defensively. And th- that's a big thing for centers is, is being able to stay on the court. We saw with Andre Drummond getting into foul trouble. Uh, we need him to be on the court for us and be available for us uh, to really help this team. But if we want to get into Summer League, uh, I didn't watch too much Summer League, but I was keeping track of what happened. We yeah. obviously had the, the Marcus Sasser 40-point game, which was good to see because I know he was struggling a bit in Summer League and kind of broke out in that game. Obviously, Asar Thompson had some pretty good stat lines as well, really showed his defensive potential. Uh, we saw Jay Nivey a bit, Jalen Um, It was a pretty fun Summer League. I think it says a lot about the Pistons that almost half the roster was playing on – the summer league team, which I just goes to show you how young this team is. But was there any final takeaways you had from Summer League? Anything that surprised you? And just, yeah, what, what was your takeaway from the Detroit Pistons Summer League?
1: I think Oscar Thompson was robbed of a Summer League first team. I think that's first and foremost. Um, I think he was stellar. I mean, you really saw it throughout the uh the I, I what do you call that a, see, a season a uh, series I don't know yeah I don't, I don't know what like, the exact a hand, a handful, yeah, like a handful of games games you throughout the games that he played um I mean you really saw I mean people I think a good comparison for and this is not actually my uh comparison I actually saw this on Twitter and I kind of did some research and I kind of agree um Alistair Thompson is kind of playing like an Andre Iguodala in uh, Philly. I think him and his play style are, are very similar to Iguodala. Um, if we can have a guy on the Pistons that plays like Iguodala and isn't as old, dude, that's going to be such a benefit. I mean, we have a, I mean, we're not, ha- we're not a, and When you think about the Pistons, the Pistons are all about grit. I mean, all of Detroit sports. It's all about the it's all about that grittiness, uh, that these teams bring. And I think Oscar Thompson is showing that physicality that you need on this Pistons roster where you got uh Cade Cunningham getting hurt. Uh I think Oscar Thompson, if Cade does go down, can be a guy that steps up and is the number one point scorer on their team. Um Austin Thompson, I mean, what in the game against the Raptors, you just saw it where uh, he he blocked the ball from Grady Dick, uh, steals it, makes it to the other side, and does like a 360 layup. Like, athletic. Like, that kid is athletic. And uh, I think it goes to show you that, I mean, maybe there is a little bit of pressure on Troy Weaver, but, I mean, he hasn't really missed on any of his selections besides Killian Hayes and uh, Sadiq
0: Man Sadiq Bay wasn't a terrible—I
1: mean, he was first-team all-rookie when he was uh, drafted, so, I mean, that's not a terrible miss, but, I mean, that 2020 draft was shallow. I mean, you had three picks at the top three in Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and James Wiseman. Two of those guys became all-stars. Tyrese Halliburton was also in there. I mean, yeah. you didn't, you, sh- I don't, I don't really know if we can expect a lot from a 2020 draft that didn't really have a lot of talent.
0: Well, I will say he did pass on Tyrese Maxey three times in that draft.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. He passed on two guys, Tyrese, yeah. both Tyrese's.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I just, when you're talking about Star our top side, I did pull up his stats. So he played four games in summer league, 29 minutes a game, 13 and a half points, 47% from the field, 27% from three, took three uh, three attempts per game. So he was definitely taking the threes, um, which we're not expecting him. Yeah, we're not expecting him to be a great three-point shooter right now. 65% from the free throw line. That's obviously something that's going to be a concern. Um, he wasn't a great free throw shooter in the overtime elite league, but that's definitely a big area of progression he needs to make. But these are some, these are the intriguing numbers. Average 10 rebounds a game, three and a half assists, while averaging 2.3 steals per game and 1.8 blocks per game. Those are some, that's a crazy stat. Now, I know it's summer league. That is a crazy stat. I have never seen like that he's not going to average that obviously during his rookie year, but that is wild to see. And I think it shows how impactful he can be just in all spectrums of the game, blocking shots, defending the rim, being a menace on the perimeter, rebounding the basketball, I mean, 10 rebounds a game. That's really, really good to see. And I think the three point shooting and the free throw shooting, that's the question mark with him. I've seen the Andre Iguodala comparisons, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think overall, I think I think he has be... a ceiling
1: of Andre Iguodala.
0: Yeah, but what, like, was Andre Iguodala ever a great three-point shooter? No, or... no. Yeah, I think that's a good.
1: Comparison. I mean, let's look at the stats. I'll look it up right now.
0: Okay, but yeah, I mean, just for Star Thompson, I think we should be ecstatic with what we saw in the summer. Like, I think he exceeded all expectations. Um, so yeah, and then in terms of Marcus Sasser played five games, 16 points a game, 44% from the field, 27% from three on seven attempts a game. So Marcus Sasser was getting some shots up um, and did average 3.4 assists per game. So Marcus Sasser, he was just a guy that was looking to score the ball, and I think yeah. that's what he's going to be meant to be, is a guy who could be a menace defensively, play on the perimeter, and, and score off the bench for the Pistons. But did He's going to be our up- spark guy. Yeah, did you have Iguodala's stats?
1: Yeah, 33% from three in his career.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Thompson ever gets to that. I mean, what was he
1: at, uh, 23 you said? 27%. I mean, that's not very far off. (laughs) Yes,
0: and then very, very limited sample size as well. Obviously shooting, you're going to go through hot streaks, you're going to go through cold streaks. Um, But yeah, I, I think we should be ecstatic with what we've seen from him. And that to be would, would be my biggest takeaway from Summer League
1: as well would be Asar Thompson. Be excited is, is the two words I'd say.
0: Yeah. And, like, I was hesitant on them drafting Asar Thompson. I like either of the Thompson brothers because I just didn't think they really fit with the Pistons. I know you were a big Jerris Walker fan. I was yeah. a big ta- – I, I like Taylor Hendricks and Cam Whitmore, um, which I still can't believe Cam Whitmore fell to 20. That's just wild to me. But – um. Dude, he was good. I know, and it's worrying. It's worrying me, man. It is scaring
1: me because he's so young. You also got to think of all the other teams that also passed on him. Yeah. So I mean, we can't be super guilty of it because a lot of other teams saw the same thing that we were seeing.
0: Yeah, but uh, he's still he's so young too. Like that's what worries me. Is yeah, he's just like he could have realistically just went back to college and maybe been a lottery pick or a top 10 pick, or maybe a top five pick next year. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, Yeah. We'll just have to wait. I
1: don't know. I think summer league doesn't really put a great representation of what um, these guys will, will become. There's a lot of superstars in the league that never did really a lot in summer league. And there's a lot of guys that did a lot in summer league that never really were anything in the NBA. So I don't know. I th- I can't really when we talk about Summer League it's really hard to gauge cuz you're playing I mean Oscar Thompson's playing people that he already played probably in well similar level guys that he played at overtime I mean uh Scoot Henderson was probably doing playing the exact same people he was playing on Ignite um uh, who else is another G League guy that was there
0: Oof, there's there's been so many this year, but
1: uh, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the draft this year was just straight G League or um, outside uh, leagues. So, I mean, these guys that have already played this level of basketball before are just playing the same people. So it's really hard to gauge. I think Brandon Miller didn't do well at all. In summer league. I mean, he was I think he was close to fouling out in every single game that he played. But uh, I mean, when minyama looked great. I mean, there's no really saying anything about that. I mean, he was pulled after for the second game. So I think to me, I'm feeling like a little bust alert with Brandon Miller. I just I don't know what it is about him. I'm just a I'd wait. Worried. I'd wait to see him next to Lamello and see how the, LaMelo, LaMelo, and see how they play together. I don't, he's not going to be a your number one score. I think that's a guarantee with uh, Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be a three and D guy. I mean, he's not going to average 30 points a game. I think he's going to probably average like 12 or 15 with like 10 rebounds. I mean, I think that's realistic. Yeah. Um, but I did kind of want to, since we kind of were getting into a little NBA, I do
0: like talking NBA on, on the pod and there's not a whole lot going on. I think the off season is mostly over. We're still waiting on the Damian Lillard trade, which I do think Damian Lillard will be on the Miami heat next season. I don't know. I what don't do you, know. What do you think is happening? Cause the last thing I heard was like, it was Tyler hero and basically a bunch of picks and pick swaps. The blazers I think- aren't complying with it though. The blazers yeah. are like, no. Uh, I mean, it's, here- it's it's probably the best they can get because I don't think there's. I'm not saying there's not a market for him, but he's an aging point guard. He's obviously on a huge contract. Like, if he wants to go to Miami, I think he's he's probably going to force their hand, and he's going to go to Miami.
1: Um, I think I've heard. Well, doing some research on that, I've seen. A, there's three other teams that I've seen besides uh, Miami. I've seen. The Utah Jazz in that conversation. I've seen the Brooklyn Nets. I think Dame with Macal Bridges would be stellar. Uh, and I can't remember with the third team. I, a lot of people think the Clippers, but they're got he's they're getting James Harden. There's not going to be a lot of room for um, a Damian Lillard on that team. Um, I think it's a lot of the East teams that we should be really looking at. Uh, no, I, w- I was gonna say Rockets, but they just got Fred Van Fleet. No. Oh, I'm just trying to think. See, like the the Jazz are like the rebuilding to me. So that
0: hey man, they weird. have a
1: lot of young talent. They do. Um, Trade. Also, uh, you could do like a package deal. Um, I, I I believe it's gonna be a three way deal. Regardless, yes, it it's will gonna be. be it's gonna be Portland. Uh, I think Utah and either Brooklyn or Miami. I think. Uh, dame's two primary destinations will be brooklyn or miami i could see tyler hero going to brooklyn in a three-team i've seen tyler hero and duncan robinson
0: yeah because damian lillard to brooklyn i mean they still have mikhail bridges they brought back cam johnson they still have nicholas claxton so they have a solid team but i don't know if damian lillard really puts them in contention to win a championship or compete for the East. I just think Miami makes a lot of sense. I really want to see him on the Miami Heat. I oh. think him, Jimmy, and Bam would
1: be awesome. I remember the other team. It was the Knicks. I don't know why the Knicks oh. would be
0: interested in him. Do they have but Brunson? Yeah, they do have...
1: <sighs> they have Brunson, but you could trade uh, Julius Randle and team Jalen Brunson and Damian Lillard up together. Just saying. I think that would be... I think that would be a really good situation for the Knicks. I can see
0: it. I'm I'm still holding I hope he goes to the Heat, but you did mention James Harden. That's the other kind of big talking point. It looks like he's going to the Clippers. I mean, how is that even going to look? Is it? Are we going to have a team of Westbrook, James Harden, Paul? It's not George, not going to be good. Kawhi Leonard, like that's going to be wild to see. Like, what are, what would the Clippers even give up in a James Harden trade?
1: Paul George.
0: No, I'm. You would give up. Paul George is better than James Harden, I think.
1: That's what Philly is gonna want. No, I way. don't. That I don't. Philly is gonna want a star in return for what for everything they gave up for James yeah. Harden. They're gonna want a star in return.
0: Yeah, if I'm the Clippers, and then if
1: let's say let's say they do trade Paul George, it's just gonna help Philly. Is, if Philly and Philly is gonna go through the moon with Tyrese Maxey, uh. Paul George and Joel Embiid. I think that's a championship team.
0: Yeah, that. I think it's it's honestly
1: good for Philly that James Harden is leaving. But I mean, James Harden, realistically, he shouldn't. I don't know why he's always wanting to get on the move. He's not going with the new CBA that the NBA is putting out. Super teams aren't going to win championships anymore. They're they're gonna. It's going to struggle more. And I don't think players have realized that yet. And t- I mean, we're going to see that next season with the, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are not going to be good next year. I can promise you that. They have no bench. They have no one to to back them up. They don't have a point guard. They traded campaign. I think exactly. The they have no one, and they, they're trying to build this super team that they've been trying to build, and Kevin DeGrant got mad because – uh what call it? They didn't win the championship last year. Wonder why? When you only got Cameron Payne, who is now no longer a part of that team, backing you up.
0: Yeah, and Bradley Beal
1: think- and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are is gonna is gonna be one of the worst uh, team ups that I've that in in NBA history. I think. I think they're better off with Chris Paul. Like, if I would rather
0: have Chris Paul on that team yeah. than Bradley Beal.
1: Yeah. Seems- It was a terrible trade for the Suns, in my opinion. I think I'm glad for Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal. I think it was a bad situation for him to go in to try and win. I think think the Warriors won that trade. Oh, yeah. Having Chris Paul, I mean, I wanted
0: Bradley Beal to get traded. I've wanted him to get traded for years, just not to that situation. Like, there's so many other teams I would have loved to see him on. He should
1: have went to the Warriors.
0: Yeah, or, the, or like the Knicks, the the Lakers. Like, there's so many situations I think he could have benefited from. And I mean, F- I think Phoenix is going to be a disaster. If I'm being honest, I don't see them even making Phoenix the conference is
1: be, I'm calling it. Phoenix is going to be a worse uh, situation than Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Or yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. I think that's a worse team right now. I would agree with that. And, yeah, I mean, that's really all that's going on in the NBA. I think we're just kind of waiting
0: on James Harden and Damian Lillard. I mean, other than the Clippers for James Harden, like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like he's in a pretty good situation. I mean, he's playing with the MVP. He's got Tyrese Maxey. Like, he's in a good situation in Philly.
1: James Harden is the most selfish player in the NBA. He cares about himself. I mean, he just signed a deal that the the, the 76 were like, here you go, James, please stay with us, and he went, nah, send me to the Clippers. No, you're, dude, you're, like, James Harden is the most selfish player in NBA history. He only cares about himself, and sometimes, sometimes being selfish is a good thing, but the way that he's handled it, I mean, he went from Oklahoma to, uh, yeah, Shout out Night Watchman, tired of the Divas breaking contracts. Like, dude, he is such a freaking he, if, if there is a diva in the NBA, it's James Harden. And the fact that he has gone from Oklahoma City to Houston, which was a great move for him, that was probably the best career move he could have made. Then going from Houston to Brooklyn to try and figure that situation out. And it I mean he literally got fat so he could leave Houston. I I don't under, yeah. Like, I understand
0: leaving Houston. They were kind of on the the down, uh, you know. Yeah, but but he could have handled it way better than that. Yeah, he could have. But, like, Brooklyn, in that sense, like, you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving. I don't understand what went wrong there. And now you're in another really good situation, and it's like what happens when you go to the Clippers and things don't work out? Are you just going to – I can tell you what went
1: wrong in Brooklyn. They played six games total together. It's just mind-blowing.
0: Like, that team, they didn't even get a chance. Like, like you're right. Like, I don't understand why he even He doesn't give. A, he football. doesn't
1: give the team... He was on Philly for a year and a half, yeah. and that's not a chance to let you try and win a championship. How many years did uh, Mike Malone stay on the Nuggets to finally win a, the first championship in Nuggets franchise history? How many I years was Jokic on that team? How many years was Jamal Murray on that team? It doesn't happen on a flip of a dime. It doesn't just, oh, let me leave this team because I think this team will do it. No, the Clippers, I don't I think the Clippers window is closed, honestly. I don't think they're trying to win a championship anytime soon. I think Kawhi and Paul George are probably going to get traded and they're going to start a rebuild pretty soon here. Yeah. And I this conversation reminds me of the one we had on your podcast about
0: baseball and kind of like listening to the fans and changing the game for the better. It's kind of like I kind of feel a little bit of the same way with the NBA. Like, I think the NBA is in a really good spot. I just think all the player movement and the, the player empowerment, I think it really hurts the NBA because I think teams lack identity. When you have these stars getting traded every offseason, all this player movement the teams lose their identity like you think of the teams in the 90s like when you think of the bulls you think of jordan when you think of the knicks you think of patrick ewing like in the 2000s you think of the spurs you think of tim duncan like a lot of these teams it's these players
1: these stars are just moving there's teams that are developed instead of i mean the warriors are the current yeah uh, and the the nuggets uh, i think example of that nuggets and yeah nuggets and warriors are the best current example of that i think the celtics are a great another great example of the uh, teams that develop right way the right way Yeah. um i think you have your freak situations um like miami when they had the the heatles i think that's a freak situation i don't think super teams will ever i think super teams are a tough situation to get yourself into i think the reason that we're having all this player empowerment i'm a big i love lebron i love lebron it's because of him. It's because of his documentary that he did when he said, I'm headed to South Beach. The, the reason that these players are so empowered in this league is because of him. And that's no shot at LeBron James. It's not his fault that everybody wanted to know where he was going. I mean, I, if, if everybody was asking if if I was leaving for ESPN, I would want to get covered about it and get paid for it. I think that's a dumb argument that people are making about that, but it's, you can't, I, and that, I think that's the day the NBA flipped on its head. It, they rolled over on their belly and said, pet me like a dog. I mean, it's, it sucks. I think that's what makes, like, I love basketball. I think that's what's made the NBA kind of suck lately and I'm glad the CB Adam Silver has passed the CBA where uh, teams that develop the right way are going to get uh, gifted. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get a championship sooner rather than later. I'm not exactly sure. I remember I just watched a video on AM hoops about it, but it's, it it's very interesting to see that the uh, player empowerment era is starting to end. And I think that's a good thing cuz like I said you like seeing a guy like Jokic
0: get drafted go through all the struggles that that team went through with Jamal Murray getting injured and finally seeing them you know get over the hump you like to see that with Giannis in Milwaukee it's just not the same when you know you know two of the top 10 players in the league all decide to go join another star And they win a title. It's just, it doesn't feel the same. It it doesn't feel like there was that struggle, that progression, you know, like that build. You want to see that those teams go through that build of getting to that championship level and finally getting over the hump. And I think the NBA needs to get back to that instead of this super teams, just these players teaming up. Like James Harden is just a prime example of that. You go to one super team, it doesn't work out. So then you just go to another one. And that's just not good for the league. And um, I, I think it's hopefully heading in the right direction, but that was a really interesting topic as we have gotten very much off track. But I think it was a very fun and good discussion to have. Um, the only other topic we had because this is a Pistons podcast. Yeah. Um, about, there's not a
1: lot going on in the NBA, so we yeah, gotta we gotta not. figure out the topics.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun to talk NBA. I, I like talking about the league. I like keeping up with the league. Um, and those are really the two main
1: storylines right now is with Lillard and Harden. Um, I wouldn't trade say this off- free Agencies are my favorite thing to always talk about in any sports. I used to write for the Cubs and white sacks and that was like my job. I just covered <laughs> the trade deadline. So that was fun. I I always enjoy talking about uh, roster changes. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't say this has been a disappointing off season. Just not yeah. as not a lot has happened. Like I've not been anything going on this week. Yeah. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, obviously it was crazy those off seasons where lebron's going to the lakers katie's going to the Knicks. but i do think you know having these star players staying in one place i think is a good thing for the league but if we want to get into our last topic absolutely um, it was trade ideas so we kind of just went over some some trade ideas for other teams but for the pistons in particular uh there's a couple players i think that can be traded if i'll be honest like my prediction is the roster that is in place right now is more than likely going to be the roster on opening night, but that still leaves, you know, the trade deadline and stuff like that. And, and they still could make a move. Was there any moves, maybe a mock trade or a player, a uh, destination for a, a player on the Pistons roster that you could think of right now?
1: I actually do. Um I'm going to name one. I found actually today, then I'll name the other that uh, I think I told you about not too long ago. Um, but so it's it's a trade for the Pistons to trade Marvin Bagley the third and Killian Hayes to the Raptors for Otto Porter Jr. and then uh I don't is it Otto Porter Jr. I can't remember. Hold on. Uh, it was. uh, I think I don't know if you. I I haven't been keeping up with Otto Porter Jr. If I'm
0: being honest, but um. Yeah, while you're looking that up, like the
1: two players... Yeah, I'll let you mind. go and I'll find it.
0: But yeah, just like Boyang Bogdanovich, he's going to get traded at the trade deadline. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And I think us speculating and wasting our breath on that. I think the Pistons, he fits well with this team. He's a good veteran for this team. So I don't think he's going to get traded right now. I mean, if there are some teams at the trade deadline... Obviously, a lot can change in the NBA. I think the Dallas Mavericks have been rumored. I do like Josh Green. He's a young player on the Mavericks. I don't know if you could necessarily get him for, for boyang Bogdanovich. But, yeah, I just think a, a veteran team at the trade deadline – Um is going to be the uh, ideal landing spot for him because he did sign that two-year extension. So the team that's yeah. trading for him is going to get him for the rest of this season and then the entirety of next season. If, if we're talking about Killian Hayes, it just doesn't make any sense to trade him right now because I just don't think he has any trade value.
1: Um, I, I think he actually him. boosted his trade value at the end of the season. I mean,
0: maybe a little bit, but what, what are you realistically getting for Killian Hayes if you trade him right now?
1: Second-round picks. <laughs> Yeah. Second-round picks and maybe a veteran. I mean,
0: I would rather trade Monty Morris at the trade deadline. Like, I think what's going to happen is obviously K is going to be your starter. um, And then you're going to have Monty Morris and Killian A's fighting for that b- backup position. And I think it's going to be good. It's going to breed competition. It's going to elevate them too. It's going to elevate Killian. And uh, eventually the hope is Killian – can overtake Monty Morris and be the backup point guard. But if he doesn't, then you're going to have to make a decision at the trade deadline. But I think the first half of the season is going to be kind of a trial run for Monty Morris and Killian Hayes to see who is going to get that backup position for the second half of the season. Because I do think at the end of the day, one of those two
1: players are going to be traded by the trade deadline. I do got the trade up. So it is – oh, crap. It's the file tab. Uh, Marvin Bagley, III, third Killian Hayes to the Toronto Raptors. And that's it. Detroit would receive Malachi Flynn, Otto Porter, Jr. Thaddeus young, a 2026 second round pick and a 2027 second round pick. I mean,
0: I, I you said veteran flame. experience.
1: You do I get some
0: veterans. Yes. Um, to me, so Bag—I mean, it's fine. Like to me, Bagley and Killian just don't have any trade value. So, I guess the Pistons are getting better because of that. But I just think, in terms of Bagley, I think he'll probably be on this team for most of this season. Maybe he gets traded at the deadline, but he has that op, uh, a team option after this year. So they'll probably just cut bait with him after this year uh, to clear up. Hey, the why ridiculous. not get something
1: for him, though? You know.
0: Yeah, if you can, maybe a second-round pick or two. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to be off this team because the ridiculous amount of cap space they have in, in going into next off season. I think that's a great topic for another podcast. It's kind of looking at uh, the restricted free agents and the unrestricted free agents of next year's free agency that the Pistons could potentially target. Um, but, yeah, I think Bar- Marvin Bagley is definitely a trade candidate. Um, to me, my prediction would be either Monte Morris or Killian Hayes is moved at the deadline, and then Boyang Bogdanovich and maybe Joe Harris. I But I do think it'll be a very active trade deadline for the Pistons, and I think that'll be a good thing because Usar Thompson will have some NBA minutes. Marcus Sasser will have some minutes. So those guys will hopefully be able to take on bigger rules as you're moving out these veterans. Um for maybe you get a rental player or a young player or probably just some second-round picks. I mean, Boyan will get you a first-round pick easily, but I think the rest of those guys, maybe Alec Burks, but even then, I don't think, other than Boyang Bardanovich, I don't think anyone on this roster, any of the veterans, are going to be able to get the Pistons a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other trade I actually saw, shout-out JB. JB showed me this. <laughs> uh, it's Tim Hardaway Jr., and Bobon and Marjanovic no for way. Killian <laughs> Hayes and Bobon or Bo, Bojan Bogdanovic. I think that I think getting Tim Hardaway is a great idea. I think he would, I think he would help, honestly. I mean, he wouldn't probably be as influential as maybe what I would want to happen bring the another Michigan guy home uh, in Jordan Poole. You want Jordan, Jordan Poole? Jo- bring Jordan to Detroit.
0: Oh man, I don't know about Jordan Poole. I mean, he is an NBA champion.
1: Bring Kuzma home, Kuzma. I wouldn't mind Kuzma, but, even though um, we signed and they just signed him. But and Kuz- I, do I think, think Kuz, Kuz he's would gonna be get fun. traded because
0: they traded Porzingis. They just and- signed
1: him. though the Wizards,
0: yeah. But they traded Porzingis and Beal, so it's like they're not trying to win. So what's the point of even keeping
1: Kuzma on their team? I don't know. They, they signed him, so they have yeah. an idea, but the Wizards have never really had an idea what they were doing in the first place. So, no. we but, can,
0: yeah, that's another topic for another podcast. A poverty franchise that is the Washington
1: Wizards. Um, Night Watchman said film of Bagley and Cade look good at uh, recent ball in scrimmage. Uh, Bagley was active and fit. Cade was crafty and nailing his shots. Yes, we did talk about that right at the beginning of the show. Um, but
0: I'll be honest, like, the only good thing I've ever heard about Bagley was just when he was traded to the Pistons in K's rookie year and people were saying like, oh, Kade and Bagley have such good chemistry. It's like, yeah, but James Wiseman
1: is better than Marvin Bagley. Jaylen James Wiseman is Marvin Bagley 3.0. He, exactly. he skips the 2.0.
0: Jalen Duren is like Marvin Bagley like 6.0 or maybe yeah. like 4 or 5.0. Like yeah. I understand they have good chemistry, But if you put Cade with an athletic big who can rim run and finish at the basket, he's going to have good chemistry with any big man. Like Marvin Bagley, I'm sorry, he's just not, not going to fit with this team long term because he's not good enough defensively. He's not athletic enough. He's not a good rebounder. He can't shoot the three. Like he's just in a very weird position. I'm not saying he doesn't have a spot on an NBA team, But, like, if you put him on a championship team, you put him on the Denver Nuggets or the the Miami Heat, how many minutes is he realistically getting in the playoffs? Not
1: really any. Yeah. Um,
0: But I don't. And he's, like, he's entering. He's, like, 24, 25 years old. Like, I'm not saying he's in the prime of his career, but I think this is as good as it's going to get unless he just starts developing a a consistent three-point shot. Um
1: I think that's just the unfortunate truth with him. Yeah. So I got, I got, I, I actually was thinking about this. So my, my brain just kind of drifts sometimes. You know how you got the go to work Pistons, you got the bad boys. So I see a little connection between a lot of these players on this team, and it has nothing to do with how they play. They're the Fro Bros, dude. You got Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman. All have an afros, bro. You had Sadiq Bay, who also had an afro, but he's gone. So you got four Rip, guys man. on that pretty much starting lineup, uh, or no, three guys on that starting lineup that all have afros. They're the Fro Bros. That's it's so, all. And twenty years from now, we're gonna have the bad boys.
0: We're gonna have yep. the going to work, and we're gonna have the Fro Bros.
1: Yep. Yep, that's how it works, man. It just, it, it just. <laughs> I don't know,
0: man. If if you if it happens, you heard it here first. I'm Dude, not gonna complain about Pistons
1: territory named it first. We're gonna get shirts that say "Fro Bros."
0: We're gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have
1: to think of something. Um, um too, but...
0: oh, Someone yeah. in the
1: chat said y'all should have dra- drafted Imani Bates. Yes, we know. Uh, I yeah. I'm still a very firm believer that we should have drafted Imani Bates. Um.
0: No, so but, here's my like you said Cam Whitmore, like all those teams passed on Cam Whitmore. Think about all the teams that passed on Imani Bates multiple times in the draft. So it's crazy. Like if you would have told me a year or two ago he would have been, I think it was the 48th or 49th pick, I would have told you there's no way. But there's a reason all these teams passed on him. And, it's because uh, his it's because his uh, arrest. That's really why he fell. Yeah. Which would be he reminds me of Bull Bull in a situation like that. I remember a lot of people who just wanted, got
1: signed to the Suns, yeah. by the
0: way. Yeah, and he did show some potential with the magic. And even a guy like Kevin Porter Jr., I remember the Pistons drafted him with the 30th overall pick, then eventually traded him, uh traded Houston. that pick. Yes. And that was a little disappointing, but I think that that it looks like it's been the right decision so far. I don't even think that was this regime. I think that was the the previous regime that did that. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with these young guys. It's obviously very early to tell. But um, was there anything else? We were supposed to go 20, 30 minutes. We've gone almost an, an hour. We went just, double.
1: Yes, we doubled. We it. went double 20. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I've had fun. I think I think it was worth staying a little bit longer. I think we had some fun talking about stuff. Shout out to uh, Night Watchman and D Sleazy showing some love in the chat, giving us some topics to talk about. Yeah, um, and, but yeah, I, th- I I mean it's always a blast going on po- this podcast with you and the guys. So yeah, yeah, and definitely
0: incorporating more NBA stuff. I do have some fun ideas. Maybe we could do we could bring back the trivia. We can uh we'll we'll think of some fun things to do because the off season, I mean we got a long off season if we're being honest. There's not gonna be too much to talk about, so we're gonna have to get
1: creative. Um, we'll make sure RJ's not here for uh, trivia, so he doesn't just slam dunk on me and Mateo. Yeah, he, he did do really well. No, Dude, awesome. I, that was rough. I was having a tough time. I mean, I was I was second place, but it was like a ten point gap, and I was like, "Come on!" Yeah, man. another f-
0: another fun idea we have is the there's the sportical quizzes. We could do like a sportical. Oh, that quiz. would be
1: fun. You could do like the what
0: logo is it type thing. Yeah, or like there's there's a lot of fun things we could do. Um, we're gonna have to get creative, but um, yeah, I think that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for joining me, Parker. Uh. Make sure to check out Parker's BeerBat podcast. We'll be live tomorrow, tomorrow at certain – what time do you have a time? 7.30. There? 7.30 will be live on BeerBat YouTube channel, so make sure to go check that out. Also, be sure to be on
1: the lookout for his new podcast, which I'm very intrigued. Uh, I'm going to give it the name right now. Okay. It's one of the stupidest names, <laughs> but it, it sums up the name of the show or the, the concept of the show. It's called Banter Bonter. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So it's going to be a comedy variety show with me and one of my friends, Um, but stay tuned. It's going to be, we're hoping, we're hoping this is a, it's going to be kind of more a casual, casual show, uh, talking about things that a lot of people know, Um, kind of sticking away from the sports. I think this will show a little bit of of the the nerdy side of me i'm a big star wars and uh comic or superhero guy you can see like the captain america poster behind me so yeah
0: yeah i'll talk star wars with
1: you all (laughs) dude i love star star wars lord of the rings love that stuff so i'm excited to start talking about um some stuff like that and just some general talk it's uh it's me and my best friend that i've been friends with since high school so yeah it should it's gonna be exciting i'm excited to start this up it's 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 been a long work in the process
0: yeah, well, that'll be exciting. Um, but yeah, check out all the other Pistons content we have on the channel. Also, make sure to check out all the Detroit Tigers content. We have a lot of draft content, a lot of draft content coming. Looks like the Tigers might be pulling out another win here. Um,
1: but yeah, we will be sure. the series.
0: Yes, we'll be sure to get into Tigers talk on Park. Oh,
1: Tigers. we're talking about this tomorrow that Kansas City Royals cheated.
0: <sighs> well, yeah, you guys have to stay tuned to find out why or what exactly Parker is talking about. But um yeah, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. So much